Hello. Welcome and thank you for joining us and listening to our podcast, The God Beyond the Bible. Our podcast is released weekly each Friday. The content of each episode is based on the questions and curiosities we all have about God and the Bible. Many of our topics are considered taboo in the minds of the mainstream church. You will find our discussions to be, I think, refreshing and often far from traditional. But we don't just skirt around these complex issues, but confront them head on, and not in the way you're used to hearing them discussed on typical Christian talk shows. I'm Alan Rowland, creator and host of The God Beyond the Bible. As of the launch of this podcast, I've been a pastor for more than 35 years. My co-host is my daughter, Trayson, and our engineer, co-producer, is my daughter, Tabitha. Our mission is to encourage our audience, along with us, to open our minds to the reality that God is simply too big to be fully explored or experienced by the reading and studying of a single ancient work. In short, the Bible's not the sum of God, and to think this is to limit what He has done, is doing, and what He will do in our future. So with introductions made, thank you for listening, and let's dive into the topic of the day. And... Welcome, Seekers, to episode number 144 of the podcast, God Beyond the Bible, the podcast made by Seekers and for Seekers. And, uh, Tracen, do we have any shout-outs? Yeah, our shout-outs this week are to Malcolm and to Map C. We're glad to have you guys listening. And a quick note, um, if you've been on our website recently, you'll notice that it's kind of been revamped. Um, we put a faster podcast player on there. Now you can access the episodes via category if you're looking for something specific you know something about modern life about prophets and prophecy something specific about the bible i kind of tried to put those into categories Mm -hmm. where you can find them a little quicker and the other thing is that you can now access all of the episodes yeah yeah our website i kind of got to where on the web page itself it was only giving us like the last 50 Mm -hmm. episodes Mm -hmm. it was cutting a lot of them off so so now Tracy's got it set up for long-term podcasting yes. instead of just, I guess, a lot of people just do a short-term and maybe yeah. we didn't know the difference when we did when No, we did I did that. not, but I've learned. And Tabitha has a quote for us. Our quote is from Max Born. He said, the belief that there is only one truth and that oneself is in possession of it is the root of all evil in the world. And he was a physicist, did you mm-hmm. say? A German, yeah. physicist German physicist and mathematician. All right. All right. Today's topic is uh, we're going to talk about the implications of when we say, I believe, and put it in front of anything. Uh, when we apply it to any topic, are we actually limiting our possibility of further growth on that topic, especially when it comes to spiritual things? When we say, I believe so-and-so, are we establishing a paradigm that's going to be very difficult for us to ever shift? This one was hard for me because... In my head, what I'm usually saying when I say I believe is the equivalent of saying in my opinion without realizing that I am slowly forming those mental lines to this is what I believe, this is how it is, this is a fact, not just an opinion. You know, I've really found myself since I've left the church, the modern organized church, I was definitely one of those people. I believe this. I believe yeah. that you have to believe. And so you X, set yourself X, some X. parameters and there's nothing going to come inside right. that. Right. And now I don't do that so much because honestly, I'm still seeking to figure out exactly what it is. I think, and, and a friend of mine said it like this. He said, what we really should say is where I am right now. Yeah. This is how I yeah. see it. But that's subject to change. Right. Uh, if if I And I will consider any new information. And see, that's where we get so wrong with the churches. Mm-hmm. You're just not encouraged to consider any other 
information. No. So you've kind of gone from I believe I'm right and you're wrong to I think that there's a lot of opinions on it that can be changed from where you're coming from. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, well, just for an example, and this is where we always end up anyway, it's what, kind of what this podcast is about. But for example, when someone says, I believe the Bible is the inerrant word of God handed to man by the divine, do we then interpret all of life through that lens? I mean, so everything, you know, we, we interpret everything that's in there as being divine. Yeah. Uh, you know those things that keep you up at two o'clock in the morning? Like one of those for me are those flashbacks to people that I told that they couldn't believe in God if they didn't believe in the Bible too. <laughs> yeah. But we've all been guilty. We've all, we've all contributed. Yeah. I've contributed more than anyone to that. Uh, we use this point because this has been the greatest single obstacle yes. uh, for those who are approaching spiritual awakening and they that they have to overcome. So uh, that's the reason we talk so much about it. Uh, to me... That is probably the first step that we have to do is rethink about how we see the Bible. You know, I think it was easier in some ways for me to accept this because I was never a Bible scholar. I I read the Bible. I read the Bible. (laughs) And I I never could get head nor tails. It never spoke to me personally like I was taught that it was going to. So... When I realized that that didn't have to be the crux of my relationship with God, man, that changed yeah. everything. Well, how difficult was it for you or how difficult is it to incorporate the fact that the Bible is not a single divine work into our thought process? With what I just said, I still find myself sometimes going, well, the Bible says. Yeah. And, we, and we've I, talked about that. When we say the Bible, we're, we like it's a book, see, that's in our book, shows you mm-hmm. how we're thinking. That's one single mm-hmm. divine work, and it's a, it's a single work, and we're, we're referencing it. And, and it's funny how when we repeat anyone else, if we were going to repeat something someone else said, we'd name their name. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. But I'm, in this, we can just throw the Bible out there. And no matter how little it applies to what we're... I was going to say, I don't know how many times I've said the Bible says without even really knowing what book it you know, was in you know or what really somewhere toward the book. back. You yeah. know the thing that really started me on this journey probably 15, 20 years ago? I did a lot of chat rooms. You know, back then you'd get on a thread and everybody would be discussing it on the computer, you mm-hmm. know, and European and... And uh, I think, you know, all those hot topics and maybe the topic was homosexuality or something. It was one of those hot topics that everybody was weighing in on. And this one guy on there, this one person says, well, the Bible clearly says so and so. And one of the guys responded and said, where does the Bible clearly say anything? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Now, that offended me then. Yeah. But he was being totally truthful about it because we know you can just you can you can just grab a verse and. Yeah. Make it say, you can say, go over there and kill everybody. It's you okay. You it's can, all right. So. Go on over there and kill everybody. I catch myself kill still. Your, kill your enemies. Yeah. <laughs> I catch myself still. We'll be watching a movie or something. And I'll, that's not exactly biblically accurate. And my husband will just look at me and go, really? God be on the Bible? Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we've talked about how the Christian religion is a religion of fear. Uh God is all powerful. This is what we this is what we project. It seems God is all powerful and angry and expects nothing less than perfect performance, or we'll feel His wrath. Now, does this mindset cause us to be afraid to question the divinity of this collection of ancient works we call the Bible, in spite of all the evidence we have that it came to us through human effort and means? 
It's been written down and preserved through human effort and means and has been edited, translated, interpreted through human effort and means, yet we refuse to we seem to refuse to see the humanity involved. Well, I think you're f- I think the way the Christian religion is built that if you take that away, there's nothing left. I mean, Christians will flat out tell you that the entire Christian religion is built upon the power of this book. Well, I was I was taught. I mean, it was ingrained in me that my personal relationship with God was that I prayed and then I read my Bible to find the answers and, and, to and, what I want. God's and, not actually going to answer you and, in your spirit. Right. Because that voice might not be God. The only one you can know as God is what you try to piece together out of a couple of lines in the book. Well, <laughs> Uh, well, you know, in, in Bible school and stuff, we even said pledges. Mm-hmm. Am I the only one that that one makes me cringe a little yeah. bit? Yeah. Wars have been fought. Crusades have been made. Innocent people have died at the hand of those who wish to promote the divinity of this ancient work as a single divine work. In your opinion, will this issue pretty much take care of itself in another generation or two? Yeah, I When think us so. older people die off, when my so. generation and the one before me especially, mine may be a little softer. I don't know. It seems like some of my generation is more hardline than the yeah, it, generation before. Less tolerant. I think so. so. I really see the generation, you know, Gen Z, Tabby's kids that are coming up. I really see them as being really tolerant and loving and inclusive kids they don't and it's not just her too i see it in their generation as a whole they're not those kids who are leaving people behind and you know and yet somehow the generation before me and older find a lot of fault in that in that they're so loving and so accepting yeah, they're and weak. tolerant. How yeah. dare they? And they're staying at home too long and they're not going out and getting careers yeah. fast enough they're, and they're not getting their driver's license <laughs> fast. You know, and I'm thinking, okay, who set that standard? Right. The generation that we know didn't get it right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is exactly. setting that standard. Well, the tough question, let's ask it. If the force we call God is so interested in this book being the most important link we have to his character and his will for humankind, shouldn't some of us who are attempting to prove this to be false just disappear in a puff of smoke? I mean, shouldn't the, when we thought of this podcast, shouldn't we just, uh, uh, or at least shouldn't we have been stricken down with poverty and suffering with all kinds of bad things happening to us? And I'm going to just be quite honest with you. Since I came to this awakening, my life has been much better. It's like a weight has been lifted. You're not carrying that burden. But I, I mean, that's what, if you want to take the words of the Bible to put them in the literal use for now, I, God did that supposedly then. If you missed that, the earth just, might yes. open up and just swallow you yeah. up. But, you know, it's the the proper apologetics answer to this, of course, is the Christian apologetics answer is that you need to go ahead and repent because God's not going to be patient with you forever. If you don't read your Bible. Yeah, if you don't read your Bible, get in church and do all of the things uh, right, God will lose his patience eventually and just poof, you'll be gone. I guess that's how that works. But. Uh, why do you think when it comes to, and we've already answered this question, but we'll go ahead and answer it uh, again. Why do you think it, uh, when it comes to spirit, this, uh, you know, actual spiritual awakening that many, many, many are having, have been having for over 100 years now, uh, we always find ourselves back to this single obstacle, and that is the divine origin of the, of the Bible. And I think Tracen answered it earlier when she said, well, basically, the Christian religion has put all of its eggs in that basket. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
That's proverb. That isn't that the proverbial putting all your eggs in one mm-hmm. basket. And so if that basket gets dropped, if that well, basket gets tipped, and so really, in a way, if you think about it, the Christian religion set this up. They did. They set this all up to fail. Mm-hmm. The the or the originators, which is our Catholic friends. We're not picking on you, but the Roman Catholic mm-hmm. Church started this whole thing about 300 A.D., and it has worked seriously hard to make that book divine. And I think Tabby said before, you know, you can't, you can't try to have a relationship with the living divine, with a living God, and not have any communication with the living God. You know, you just read a book and well, assume that that's all he has to tell you. You can't have a real relationship. Let me, let, let me say this. Have you ever considered that the lowest form of communication is words? Think about it for a moment. We can't even express how we feel with words. We can't ad- adequately describe. I mean, look how long a book, how thick a book has to be, a novel, for us to get all of the nuances yeah. and try to get all the nuances and everything. You know, 250 pages to tell a little story. That you could probably sit and tell someone in 30 minutes. Now, let me I go never on. really thought about that. Let me go ahead and say this. The lowest form of ver- of of word communication is written. Verbal communication is better than where and all we have now we're talking about the Bible here. All we have mm-hmm. is this written. Now don't you think God knows that that's the poorest form of, of communicating <laughs> anything is to write it down? Yeah. We we t- we say right the opposite. It's written. Right. See, you don't have any of the nuances. You don't have any facial expressions. You don't have any tonal change in Jesus' voice or anybody else's voice. You just got some words there to be interpreted. We don't know. You know, you don't have any idea. What was it? Was there some anxiety there? Was there some tension there? Was wow, the temple guards, were the temple guards right on him when he was saying this? Yeah. And so he has to be very, you see, we don't have any of that. But yet we'll just accept, well, it's words. It's written down. And, and that's why, don't you figure that's why we have, uh, I just saw today, we had been saying 33,000 Christian uh-huh. women. I heard today it's 40,000. Oh, my goodness. They just keep dis- Different Christian denominations. All of them based on differences they interpret in this written When they book. read that word. And but, if you don't think that written communication is poor, how many fights have you been in over text messages? Yeah. I Mis- mean, that's misinterpreted, true. yeah. yeah. What, what does We've that mean? What do you say? What do you yeah. say? What are you saying there? Are you, you know, what? what yeah. Are you, are, is, are you mad at me? Like, no, I was just saying, okay, right. I'll yeah. see you in a little while. Hadn't thought about that. Very interesting. But you, but think about that. And you, you know, God's smart. God's the master of all this design. And he's going to choose the bottom of the ways to communicate. <laughs> no, I'm just going to tell you guys. He's always spoke to you because he's in you, and that's where he speaks to you. Yeah. And the, what resonates with you, that voice that says. Do you think that it was ever intentional that God ever had a plan that this book would no. come together no. and be? No, no, uh-uh. Because that was the whole thing. Jesus said it all when he said in John chapter 14, I think, uh, it's recorded that Jesus said uh, once my spirit is in you. And we're all born with that mm-hmm. spirit. That spirit is we in are. He said, once you have connected with that spirit in you, you'll have no need of any man teach you. Over. Yeah. Game yeah. over. Game over. But yet, what have we done? The, they, the R- Catholic Church wanting to get mysticism out of the mm-hmm, equation. Mm-hmm. 
Because Jesus, well, we're going to be talking about that in a future episode, but, you know, they want to take all hints of mysticism, which mysticism is just receiving something without reading it or someone mm-hmm. telling you it's it's from the inside that you receive. So they want to take Make all, it about the ritual. all implications out of that yeah, and replace it with religion. If I were to say that in the past 2,000 years, we as the human race have become materially speaking brilliant in our efforts and results, and I'm talking about like things like agriculture, you know, feeding the world, medically, scientifically, economically, technologically, we have become, we have become brilliant. Mm-hmm. Seriously. Yet, spiritually speaking, our growth has been a retarded growth at best. I mean, if we've really grown spiritually at all, now some have, I'm not saying all, but I'm talking about the church, the keepers of the keys, mm-hmm. the people that are holding the keys to what's supposed to be God, it hasn't changed. In fact, they'll tell you, we don't want it to change. Well, it, it can't change because it takes the power out of their hands. When mm-hmm. you put it, when you say, well, when you, you empower the person, have, you right. empower the person. Yeah. And that's the only other option here is yeah. to empower the person and they can't do that. BBC had an interesting article that I saw recently that said fundamental and ritualistic belief systems, which is what the kind of Christianity we're talking about, the modern organized religious belief systems, is said that fundamental and ritualistic belief systems have remained unchanged because they were always more rooted in culture and in community than in the idea of a deep-rooted belief which is why the author speculates that in this age of broad communication outside of our own physical culture and community, many are starting to seek what truly resonates with them, even if it's not something that's considered locally culturally acceptable, because it's no longer about that interaction with your neighbors and your friends and your family. It's about finding something that you really do spiritually believe. And but you been, know, I'm sorry, no, go, go ahead. ahead. The church doesn't teach you to find something that resonates no, in no. your soul. That's, no. that's not you're what you're supposed to do. What yeah. will resonate in yeah. your yeah. soul. Or what should, and if mm-hmm. it's not what's resonating, then you're wrong. Yes. You're listening exactly. to the wrong voice. Yeah. So you're, you see, you're confused. Uh, Tesla, Einstein, even Stephen Hawking. Now, a lot of people don't know, this guy was a great promoter of quantum mm-hmm. physics. Uh, uh which is combined spirituality with science. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, Tesla, Einstein, even Stephen Hawking alluded to, or even came right out and said, some of them did, that if we could advance in our spirituality, if we would advance in our spirituality to match the pace of our technology, we would see the human race progress exponentially. We would actually enter the, uh, we would actually probably come into the place of, it would be basically heaven on earth. I just, I think about that and I think, what if that's what was intended all I think along? it is. I think it you was. Know? I love quantum theory. I mean, I absolutely, and it's so horrible because I absolutely adore it. And my little pea brain can only sort of scratch the edges of it. Like I have this sort of vague understanding of it that <laughs> I, I really can't get beyond. But I, I'm going to go ahead and say it since this is a podcast about I Believe. I believe that many of our brightest minds are so brilliant because they've unlocked a sacred personal relationship with the divine all. Yes. Well, whether you want to call it the Akashic Records or whatever you want to call it, you know, it's, yeah, it's knowledge. God is knowledge. Mm -hmm. And his, his divine knowledge. You know, we need to quit making him a bearded old guy, a human. Yes. And, And we'll talk about that later. But a guy said to me a few years ago, and he's right. He said... 
we read God created man in his own image, but said, really, what religion is, is we create God in our own image. Mm -hmm. What do you think of that statement? We create God. We, in religion, we have created God in our image. I definitely know that. We make him angry. We make him Mm -hmm. upset easy. We make him petty. We make him all those things. See? And that's exactly what the Jews did. The Jews, uh, rather than to take the spiritual, if you look at it, the Jews were told, I will give you this. He showed them when they got to the river crossing the the, uh, sea, the, Mm -hmm. the Red Sea. He said, I will give you. I have taken care of this. Stand back. Be still. I've taken care of this. But what happened? When they got on, they didn't want the spirituality and God doing it through divine. They wanted to do it themselves. Yeah. Yeah. I remember we had a friend um, that went to Sunday school with us when we were younger. I think dad may have been teaching the class at that point. He asked all of us, a group of teenagers, what we imagined God looked like. So you can imagine, you get the pretty common answers. He's really big, gray hair, gray beard, you know, yeah. white robe. Speech with a really deep voice that, with, <laughs> then, a lot of, with a lot of reverb. And then we have this one friend who's in the class, and she goes, I really don't see God like that. When I think of God, I think of like a rock. She's like, it's not. And when we talked about it later, I couldn't really process it at that time, but it's mm-hmm. come back to me as I've gotten older. She's like, God's not really a person. He, he's shapeless and formless, yeah. but he's wow, also she always right there. understanding that yeah. it took me. And, and in why, my head, all I could think about is a rock. Yeah. And why do we do that? Why do we as Christians act like we are not? God created everything in this world mm-hmm. and he created us. Yes. And we want to act like that's too separate. Like we're not... A part of well, everything created well, around well, us. It's like we're not part of one another. The human yes. race, it's, yeah. it's, it's always me against everyone else. Yeah. That's our that's our Christian mindset. It's you against everyone. And then you've even got this elusive force out here called the devil that's against you too. Yeah. So everything on this planet is, and that's just not true, folks. Jesus often accused the, accused the religious leaders of his day of standing at the gate of spiritual freedom refusing to enter themselves, but also preventing others from entering in. Could we use that description of religion today, especially the Christian religion? Sure. I mean, you've read that Bible verse that says, I stand at the door and knock, now go to church and see if they find you worthy of (laughs) the key. Isn't that how that goes? Well, it's not just that. He was talking about the Jewish religion, of course, and he told them, he said, you won't enter in. You You have no desire for spirituality. You want to do it just like you're doing it, but you don't want to let anybody else get in either because if spirituality ever breaks out anywhere, you stamp it out. That's why they killed him. Yep. Yep. You'll do what you have to do to stamp it out. Uh, many of the people who have experienced a spiritual awakening have advanced so far beyond the restraints of religion in their journey that they find it difficult to relate to people struggling to take the first infant steps of freedom, and they often forget how strange and frightening it can be. Uh, Now, with honest self-evaluation, have we unwittingly done that here on God Beyond the Bible? Have we advanced to where somebody that's just listening to this today says, okay, I don't know what they're even, how they got where they are? I think that I take so many steps backwards. I think y'all do that with me from time to time. It's like, didn't you didn't you jump this hurdle already? Yeah. But honestly, I am more frustrated with the people who just absolutely will not see that there can be more, that it can be different. Yeah. I find myself getting more aggravated with that than I do if they're just starting to open that door just a little. Yeah. I, I'm good with that. I can 
I think the hardest part when I see the very fundamental, you know, we, we jokingly call them fundies. Yeah. You, you get really frustrated, but and then you have to sit back and you end up frustrated with yourself because you're going, that was me four years ago. That was me five years yeah. ago. I I played, I posted those same things. I played that same tune and mm-hmm. it's, it's hard. Our growth from the restraints of religion to the power and freedom of spirituality has more or less been documented, of course, by our podcast over the past three years, uh, going into our fourth year now. Uh, can you listen to an early episode and find your, we're right, we are going in the fourth year, right? Yeah, we started in 2019. Okay, right? <laughs> there for a minute, I was second guessing. Can you, li- can you, and I'm asking you guys this, can you listen to an early episode and find yourself to have evolved past that way of thinking or even had a complete paradigm shift well, on a topic that we've recorded? It's funny because I, I go, I just went back and had to redo every episode and put it onto the new website format. And I think a really good example is one of our early episodes we did on whether or not we are born with an immortal soul. <laughs> no, that's exactly what I was thinking about. That's the one I was thinking about. And I conclu- I think you guys reluctantly maybe agreed with me. I concluded in that episode that we were not immortal until Jesus uh, made him. But that's just so wrong. Yeah. That's just so, that's just so far out so and yet i leave it up because it is a perfect example of those stages that you go through as it's a journey and Mm -hmm. someone else may be there for a while and go yeah i think that's where i'm at and then they will probably move on to and go no that's not it (laughs) but again i'm not going to hide that we've been through all of these stages and they are what they are mm-hmm. you guys have that may be the greatest grown along with us that might have made the greatest benefit of this podcast at all is that you can actually see the growth mm-hmm. yeah and witness the growth uh final question for thought personally speaking could you ever see yourself returning to the place you were 10 years ago spiritually speaking now this remember this is about what you believe can you go back and say can you go back and readopt those beliefs because that's what we're talking about when you say I believe because those are the hardest ones that we're ever going to overcome is the things we say when we nail so, it down that I believe in. Personal story. Yeah. Um, my kids were in a Christmas program this last, <laughs> and you, you know, in December. How'd that ago. work out for you? I didn't go until I went two Sundays in a row because they had Christmas play practice one Sunday morning. Yeah. And then the next Sunday was the thing. Um, a lot of great people there. The church was so welcoming, so inviting, so loving. And for a minute, I thought, wow, I missed. I I did miss the fellowship, Mm -hmm. the being around. But then you have the preaching and the teaching. And as, I guess, biblical as it was in their opinion, I can't can't bridge that gap. I cannot go back to where I was. I think I will always go back to Mr. Rob Bell in What is the Bible, where he said, and once you see, you can't unsee. And once you taste, you cannot untaste. And I think that is the biggest part of this journey. And I I mean, once you know, you can't unknow. And I mean nothing against the people. No, 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 because that's where they are in their journey. (laughs) I had to laugh at Blake. He told me a little about it. He was just so (laughs) aggravated because it was so typical. It was was typical. (laughs) It was so disorganized. And and I said, son, I've been through a whole bunch of those. And Mm -hmm. it's it's always been and it'll probably always be that way. Well, is everybody done? I think so. Then until next time, as always, may God's unconditional grace, peace, and love be on, in, and radiate out from each of you, our fellow listeners, from all of us here at God Beyond the Bible.
Did you enjoy listening to God Beyond the Bible? Do you have an idea for an episode? Connect with us today. Visit our website at godbeyondthebible.com, all one word, or send us an email at email at godbeyondthebible.com, or you can visit us on Facebook. Just type God Beyond the Bible into the search bar.